0: You're listening to The Fitness Lounge, where we discuss in-depth everything from fitness, health, wellness, and mindset. Whether you're just beginning your fitness journey or you've been involved in fitness for years, we have a little something for everyone. So just sit back, lounge for a bit with us, and enjoy. And now for your hosts, Nick Messer and Ben Miller. Hi,
1: welcome back to the Fitness Lounge with your hosts, Nick. And Ben. And today we are going to be talking about the difference between training for strength and training for size. This was actually a request by a few of our listeners, so we wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure we brought something relevant for them. So before we get started, you were telling me a little bit about your weekend.
0: Yeah, I survived the weekend. So we uh, decided to take the kids to SeaWorld in San Antonio about a, well... It's a four and a half hour drive, but when you start throwing in the forty five spots of tra- uh, construction, fifty five stops to pee, because I got two five year olds and a fourteen year old, my wife going, and so anyways, you know, I drove three hundred miles to walk. And around. you didn't have
1: to pee once, not you didn't.
0: I don't think I. I yeah. think I did once, but I try to like make it to where the, I have to fill up again at the gas station. But at any rate, so we drive three hundred miles to walk around one hundred and five degree weather with thousands of people to look at fish. You know, some fish are bigger, but I can't tell you how many times on the way I just want to jerk the wheel in oncoming traffic, you know, <laughs> start drinking or something. But at any rate, I survived it. The, kid, the, the little ones had fun. That's all that matters, even though I was... Uh Want to get drunk the whole time, but I made it. I made it back alive.
1: <laughs> Man, that's probably Man. that's probably something SeaWorld should consider oh is gosh. you know setting a little booth out with with some Budweisers yes. and stuff, just sitting right out there.
0: It, and you know it was like thirteen dollars a drink too, but I did not care. Oh. Right, that we walked in the gate. That's the first place they had something called a manmosa, not a mimosa, but a manmosa. It was oh, really? A, uh, you know they have the Austin's got their own breweries down there, so they got something as a blood orange beer with the champagne, and it was really good. Interesting. I had several of those. A manmosa. Well, yeah.
1: you had manmosas. I actually had a mimosa <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I found out that right over here. I don't know if you know that, but this the Grub Burger Bar over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, we've been there before. Did yep. you know that their shakes are dairy free? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, neither did I. And then I found out, and I went on a terror. You killed them. Huh? <laughs> I went on good terror this weekend. So yeah, <laughs> they
0: have great Brussels sprouts. though. they're awesome. They, I mean, you, they grill them and everything. Oh my god! You know, it's
1: funny you mentioned that because uh, when I interviewed with Bo, we were talking about Brussels sprouts because yeah. everyone raves. I hate Brussels sprouts. They're, they're everyone good. raves, and I, I, I just something about them. It's just one of the, I'm one of those taste buds that just can't.
0: It depends maybe on how you cook it. Because I mean, if you just you know, you buy them in those steam bags if you just eat them like that. They you know yeah. they smell like crap, too. They'll ruin the whole house. It's like broccoli and salmon. We like yep. talked about that one time. But
1: All right. So we wanted to get into kind of a deep dive, not so much in the similarities of strength training and size training, um, a little bit more into the differences so you can kind of understand um, the approaches, uh, how to achieve various goals. Right. Um, one thing that we want to point out first and foremost is, A strong muscle will be a big muscle, but a big muscle is not necessarily a strong muscle. Now, it's not to say that it's a weak muscle, but if you were to stack it up for the same person... With you know, if you basically duplicate them as a clone, and one was training for strength, one was training for size, the one with size would obviously have more size, but would probably right. not be able to lift as much. So there is there is a difference in those. So this is really, I guess, the how you're going to train is really going to be dependent upon what your
0: goals are. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at like bodybuilders versus strength builders, and I mean, I guess strength builders could be a, they can look different in all kinds of you know forms but absolutely i mean, I mean look at powerlifters for example most oh, yeah. guys are heavy set but they are super strong um and all the world's uh
1: yeah world's strongest men yeah, yeah yeah they're all i mean they're not as far as aesthetics they don't even care about how no. their body fats but they measure can out.
0: you know they can lift like cars and everything but yeah you get, you get in the bodybuilding side most most guys in the bodybuilding are trained for a show so they're trying to develop that muscle and shape that muscle so it you Know, sticks out when it comes time, and it you know, just have the form, I guess, what I'm getting at.
1: Probably the best way I've heard anyone put it was the was it Pumping Iron, the interview uh, documentary with which one was Arnold it? Had several of those, didn't they? It's the original one, okay. Ronald Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. And they were interviewing him, and he was talking about, you know, the thing about bodybuilding is it's kind of like sculpting,
0: exactly. You know, a
1: sculptor adds more clay, he goes, I hit the gym, and I focus on, and that's really probably mm-hmm. the best way that we can put it into a visible right. analogy.
0: I think I was thinking Generation Iron is what I've seen several of.
1: Yeah, I've seen that one too. Um, Okay, so starting with strength, so we're going to hit all the points on strength and then we're going to talk about the points on size. Usually when you're training for strength, you are going to be focusing on combination movements and you are training for the lift itself. These are things going to be like your squats, your deadlifts, your bench presses, uh, your rows, your pull-ups. Combination movements where you're using multiple muscles and multiple joint movements to create a, a power move. Uh, these are what we would consider your foundational movements for pretty much most training mm-hmm. pieces. Um, and then when you're dealing with powerlifting, you're dealing in uh, deadlift, squats, bench press. Um, in some cases, I've seen them do cleans, the you know, Olympic style cleans yep. and
0: jerks and stuff. So
1: that's that is going to be training for strength and
0: power. Right, and those are all your basic movements, anyways. I mean. You, just, you nailed all those right on the head right there. Yeah.
1: Um, the next thing, so as far as your tempo goes for strength training, you're going to have a very explosive positive movement. So that's where you're going to be contracting against the force of gravity. Uh, you're going to have almost no negative. I mean, you're going to have a negative, but you're not necessarily forcing a slow controlled negative contraction or right. an eccentric contraction. Um, and there's pretty much going to be no hold at either the top or the bottom with the intent of – squeeze it's a, or activation it's a fluid motion. You're, that's you're correct. You're not
0: stopping anywhere. That's correct. But the, so you, when you're doing those, the lower rep range in that's about two to five reps and the higher rep range in this particular subject we're talking about is about five to nine and uh, long, you want to take longer rest periods anywhere from two to five minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when you're doing strength training, you're thinking higher weight, mm-hmm. lower reps, and you're going to do this across more sets. Exactly. Uh, so you're not going to you're not going to see these doing two or three these are, are as been said You're going to be dropping in five to nine sets and that will be dependent upon um, your weight. So I did powerlifting when I was in yeah, high school that. football. Yeah. Loved it. It was great. Um, that was my introduction to mm-hmm. fitness, if you will. Um, and the way they really structured it is, you would test for your what we call your one rep max, which is how much weight can you do one time right. successfully. Um, and you would, you know, try a weight. If you hit it, you go up, and you keep going up until you can't do it anymore. Uh, and that's how you get to your one rep max. And then for your training periods, a lot of times what you would find is you would break that down. So you, your, your first training week would be, let's say 60% of that one rep max. That's the weight you're using. And you're going to go with your higher rep count in this range as far as, you know, you might be doing six, six reps, uh, five or six reps, and then you're going to be doing, you know, maybe five sets. So if your reps are higher, your sets are lower. If your reps are lower, your sets are higher. So when we would get up into like the ninety percent of our one rep max range, we would do uh, two reps only. That was it. But we'd be sitting there busting them out for nine sets. Mm-hmm. So that's how the the progression would go.
0: I got a question for you. When you were so you you've played in both worlds in of powerlifting and bodybuilding. Yes. Which one did you have to eat more food with?
1: Well, you know it's interesting. I when I was in high school, I wasn't. knowledgeable of that. I wasn't even aware. Um, So it's hard for me to say which one. Mm -hmm. I can tell you where I'm at now. Obviously, I'm definitely eating a lot more food than I was back then. But we're talking about a almost 50 pound difference in
0: in size. You're Uh, 50 pounds heavier when you're powerlifting, right? No. Oh, really?
1: No. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was 165, oh, 170. Wow. I was I was real scrawny. Okay. Um and but I had I had decent strength on me. My squats were horrible. Mm-hmm. Um my bench press was okay. I mean, I think my max at 170 pounds of body weight, I think it was at 255 for bench press. That's not bad though. Wasn't bad no, considering I again, especially being in high school. And all natural. There were yeah. some guys in our squad that oh, well. were not. No. Um my squat that I, I could only ever get to 330. And I could have broken a lot higher, but every time I decided I would break higher in a competition, mm-hmm. I put on probably five too many pounds and then couldn't successfully lift it. Yeah. So, like, I went for 350, and I probably should have done 345. And the next time you I You would have hit 345, You right? would have <laughs> hit 345. I would have I cleared it. And then yeah. the following time, I tried it again, got too, you know, too big in my head, tried 370, yeah. probably good in <laughs> 365. Um, the nice thing that I will say about strength training, it's more measurable— Yes. You can, you can write, you can pretty much figure it out pretty quickly. Track it. That's yeah, it's exactly right. So.
0: Uh, something I would recommend and you should probably require doing this stuff is you need a spotter. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can do it without it, but I think that if you do without it though, like you were just saying you know, if you, if you were trying to, that extra five pounds, you could probably do it if you had a spotter with you, because I, have you ever heard of for, uh, force reps? Mm-hmm. No, you got a spotter with you. You're going to, let's say you're trying to hit 10 reps. You might peak out at seven, but if. Someone there to help you spot it. You can, they can help you get through the next three. That's what we call four reps because they'll help mm-hmm. you push a little bit, but you'll still hit that mark. There's actually
1: a lot of research behind the benefits of that too. So you hear a lot of people say, well, don't do cheat reps," and it's like, no. If you're doing quality form and you're getting to a point where you're failing and you want to push out another, you know, few cheat reps, four reps, um, half reps. There's a yes. lot of st- research to suggest that that is massively beneficial and and can be i'm not going to say necessarily exponential Mm -hmm. in in growth but it can actually add a lot of um strength and size depending on what you're training with at that point
0: i've always heard about the force reps and i I, i've loved having workout partners and even you know before i retired in the marine corps i was all my buddies would work out so i I noticed a big difference when i had a workout partner because Mm -hmm. i would be forced to do the force reps and my size you know i could tell the difference in size but it's a completely different workout when you're by yourself by working out with a partner. No matter if you're doing for strength or size or whatever.
1: That's very accurate. I would say in your you were asking kind of which one did I, you know, eat more. Yeah. I would say one of the comparisons I did notice is that because I'm training by myself nowadays, mm-hmm. I automatically tend to focus more on size training. No, I want to, but right. I it's a lot harder for me to get into the mindset of strength training if I'm by myself because I'm scared if I get caught under the weight. That's my I don't want too. to dump. I don't want to do any of that. So having that spotter, there's a mental clarity mm-hmm. um that just comes with that peace of mind that you're good, you're safe, you're and you'll be you'll actually be surprised you can push farther on your own without needing the four straps, just because that peace of mind is there.
0: Right. So and, and I, I did like I did chess today, and of course I was by myself. So I, I know I could have gone up on weight, but yeah, I'm smart enough now at this point to not do that because I don't want to be that person that gets <laughs> – I can't push the, the, the bar up and maybe no one's paying attention. I might sit there and choke myself out. But.
1: Yeah, I've been there. Uh did that uh, actually in high school. get injured really bad too. Yeah, I did it in the garage. Uh, you by yourself? The, yeah, by yeah. myself Jeez. in the middle of the night. Bar came down on me, couldn't get out from underneath it, had to dump, and I'll tell you – Tilt it. Yeah, you tilt yeah. one side and it dumps. I'll tell you, that jerk to the other side when that one, oh, oh, yeah man, that flies, thing goes man. fast. Yeah. So I've had that. I've had it on a, I had someone in a squat rack. Uh, he was squatting four plates on each side, and you know you're supposed to unload relatively evenly. You, you yeah. can typically do two plates off, two plates off, you know, either Should side, and you'll be okay. No, we were, we were unloading a little bit slower on one side than the other guy on the other was – he was, yeah, clearing all the plates off, and all of a sudden, boom, that thing just ripped right off the, yeah. the squat rack. We yep. g- came real close to me being not able to walk. <laughs> you don't want to be on the business end of that. Not even close. So, okay, so strength training, are as you asked, you know, as far yep. as watching for food and this, usually strength trainers are not going to be – as concerned or micromanaging their macronutrient intake, they're, they're a little less likely to focus on that. They're gonna make sure they hit their numbers, but because they're not trying to balance out size and leanness necessarily, they're not going to be so overly focused on not exceeding carbs or fats right. or whatever. In fact, they're probably more likely to overeat their right. protein for sure. And other in the that, other macronutrients, yeah, and that's
0: why I was asking you if you, you remembered what you did. No, because I know your diets will be different.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I didn't, I didn't learn the appreciation of nutrition and diet until 26 or seven. When I decided to yeah. actually start competing, I'll tell you when I got out of high school, I decided I was going to go be a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time when I went to be a personal trainer, I was at 3% body fat. And it was because the only thing I was eating each day, you know those little De- uh, the little Debbie Swiss cake rolls? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not yeah. kidding you. I would have one of those a day. I was in such a depression after graduating high yeah. school because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I would have one of those a day. So I went in and people were like, man, you're, you're body fat because you have to do the caliper test yeah. and learn yeah. that. They're like, oh, you're real lean. What are you doing? I'm like, you don't really want to know. <laughs> this is a complete accident. Little Debbie. I'm doing little Debbie. <laughs> Who so, is she? <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so typically... When you're doing this heavier weight, like we're talking about, you want to have, you should have. I mean, I guess you don't have to. I know some people don't need it, but some sort of supportive gear, you know, belts, wraps, grips. Um, you know, my favorite, I, I use always use wraps. The uh, not wraps, I'm sorry, but the uh, we call those the, I guess they are the straps. So the you straps put it around your wrist, you know, you wrap around the bar. Mm-hmm. I use that, and then I use a belt on back and leg day. It, well, I haven't in a while since my surgery, but that's what I was doing before when I was prepping for shows and whatnot for getting the heavier weight
1: in yeah when you're doing strength training you're going to be far more likely to not only want these but really need these because in order they to get help. yourself to push to a higher weight load you're going to need to support your joints because yeah. your muscles can go farther than your joints and your tendons oh, and sure. ligaments can
0: and as you get older those suckers start fading
1: yeah well and a lot of that too i will say this you're usually your strength trainers as opposed to your size trainers they're the ones who start to experience joint issues earlier because they're just putting additional stress on. Like we talked about Ronnie Coleman, you know? So, um, but I would highly recommend that if you're going to do strength training, get these. Um, I like the straps. I have the straps. I would totally get the Versa grips. I really love those. those. I don't have any. Uh, I'm just at the point. I'm not probably going to drop the money for them because the straps work just fine for me. I get a free pair every like three or four months or whatever. So, um, but the Versa grips, I like those. So, all right, let's switch over to size. Let's talk about size for a minute. Now then, we're
0: talk, since we're talking about size, now we're kind of talking about ISO. size matters, right? That, can well, we can we clarify what, that size matters? That's what I've been told, but <laughs> I don't I, I I don't tell myself that. I just started to tell you, you know, the motion in the ocean, right? Anyways,
1: <laughs> you ain't crossing the Atlantic in a now, rowboat though. No, no,
0: that's true. Um, so now we're talking about isolating muscles here. You're going to train a specific muscle. I mean, for example, you know, like you said, when you're talking about strength, you're talking about squats, deadlifts, bench press, pull-ups. When you're doing those, you're actually using more muscle.
1: Multiple muscles. Yes.
0: So now we're talking about isolating just that muscle, whether it be you know, chest, bicep, tricep.
1: When you're, when you're, let's take squats, for example. Um, If you're doing squats, you're usually, for strength training, you're looking for a very specific form every single time. You're not gonna play with it. Mm -hmm. You have a specific width in your feet, you have a specific depth, you're controlling your motion. When you start switching over to size training, you're gonna start finding that you'll play with various foot placements, wide, narrow, yeah, goblet squats. Um, You're focusing more on a, like I said, either a muscle or a group of muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to start isolating. You're going to start really it, creating more of a mind-muscle connection that focuses on one area as opposed to, you know, a solid chain nah. uh, firing off at the same time. Yep. So and for size training, time under tension becomes a key component, uh, almost a cornerstone, if you will. A lot of times um, when people start doing size training, the first thing they see online is 10 to 12 reps and that sticks
0: yeah, it's about the norm. Yep. Yeah.
1: Everyone does 10 to 12 reps, but what they don't where they usually miss the boat and why I see a lot of people, including myself at times mm-hmm. where, um, you know, I've been training the 12 reps and I hit a plateau where I'm not seeing the size gains, what's going on, what's happening. It's because you're focusing on the 12 reps and you're not focusing on the time that it takes exactly. to do those 12 reps where that 12 reps, actually came from it wasn't this random number that just came out the original research that was done was said that the in order for a muscle to achieve maximum um activation and hypertrophy Mm -hmm. it needs to be under tension for 45 seconds or longer yes so where they basically came up with that is if you do a one second positive no hold and a three second negative so four seconds per rep Twelve reps crosses that threshold for you. Right. That's where the twelve reps came from. Um, so, I mean, technically speaking, you could do ten reps if you're slowing it down on five seconds per rep. Whatever yeah, you, you have to a, do,
0: you can adjust the the what you're, like you're talking about the seconds. You know, five seconds up, hold one second, four seconds down. I mean, oh yeah, I, Jay, who are at, uh, the trainer from Twenty Four Fitness that trains us both, that actually will be on our show Friday, right? Yep. He uh he does that with me a lot when I've trained with him, but he'll actually adjust those times. For every exercise we do, every single one. Yeah, it's it's not always four up, hold two, four down. He always makes it. You know, because I get in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do this again, four two four, and he's like, no, I'll do a three five. And I'm like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> it's like, what is this? A safe combination? Messing What's, going with my mind, man. What's going on? <laughs> um, so the you will have a slower positive. Uh, should than you would necessarily from a strength. Now, it's not to say that you can't have an explosive positive and still create time or tension. It just means that you're going to have to make up that time on your negative. So if you actually slow down your positive or your, your main contraction where you're fighting gravity, instead of it being an explosion where it takes you maybe a second to complete, yeah. if you slow it down to maybe two or three seconds, um, one, you're going to find a, a way faster burn. You're going to find more control and a lot more muscle fiber activation. Um, then if you squeeze at what I would consider the peak, um, the, you know, and, it, and sometimes it depending on how you're lifting, it may not necessarily be the top of the motion because if you're redirecting gravity and stuff, but if you're but pulling, this, yeah, exactly. So if you're looking at, um, you know, we'll use squat and bench press, you know, at the top when you're standing all the way up or when you're benching at the top you of those, you would squeeze, yep. but with those particular movements, because those are combination movements, those would be a little bit harder to squeeze because you would have to fire a lot of different muscles at the same time. Um, So a lot of times that's when you're going to incorporate these isolation movements. So you go from a press for chest into a fly so you're activating primarily your Mm -hmm. chest alone and that's where you're going to focus that squeeze at you know one second two second depending on your preference and then you're going to really control the negative really slow that down um, which we're actually going to be doing another episode actually the next one that we put out after this will be on controlling the negatives and the benefits of that so uh definitely tune in for that because you'll get to piggyback off of what we're doing here in this episode
0: yeah i think uh the way i look at it you know you're what are talking about that one two second hold or the squeeze is think about it as in the middle of that movement mm-hmm. so you know a bench press for example i'm i'm pushing up i'm at the top that's where i'm holding and holding it and then i'm coming back down so about the middle of that movement's where i'm getting the squeeze or the hold whatever you want to call it that's correct Uh, Same. Same with squat. Yeah, or any any kind of movement. There's always going to be whether you're pulling or pushing. There's going to be a middle point in that range of motion that you're going to hit.
1: And then sometimes, if if you really want to throw some some pizzazz at it, if you will, or or throw a little bedazzle. Yeah, some bedazzle. (laughs) Um, Holding at the bottom. You know, not letting in a bench press situation. Just using it because I think everyone's familiar with that motion. You wouldn't rest on the chest. You'd hold it just slightly above barely and you're holding it for one or two seconds. So you're having to, yeah, you're still fighting gravity, but you're not pushing against it, but you're also not losing. So, um, you're, it's, it's a static hold at that point. Um, so in, in size training, you're going to be focusing for six to 12 reps. Again, if you're going on the lower rep range, you're going to be increasing your time. Uh, you're going to be doing lower sets, usually two to four sets, Uh, I mean, you can do five, but you're not going to be doing these motions for 10 or 12 sets. Usually when you're talking about uh, size training, you're going to go on to a whole other movement after that. And then shorter rest periods. So your rest periods when we talked about strength was usually two to five minutes because the Uh, energy source of how the muscles fire off it takes longer for them to refuel and be ready to fire off at that type of intensity again whereas with size training it's a little different so you can usually get back at it after about one minute to a minute and a half Mm -hmm. so 60 to 90 seconds is where you want your rest periods to be now if you're training for muscular endurance in addition you can shorten those rest periods but usually 60 to 90 seconds your muscle be ready to go back at it again um The last thing that that I want to throw in here before I hand it back over to Ben is as as opposed to determining your workout weight based off of a a one rep max or a percentage of that or some, you know, set chart, usually you're going to determine your weight really based on how you're feeling with that weight. Mm -hmm. So if I set out to do... um, Let's say a a lat row, okay. I'm going to be rowing with my lats, doing a dumbbell or it could be a barbell or anything. And I set out to do 12 reps, and I find that at seven reps, I just can't complete my eighth rep or my seventh rep. I'm dropping weight because my goal so is to get finish. That's yeah. correct. My goal is to get into that specific rep range because of the time that I want to stay underneath it. So I'm going based off how my body feels and exact opposite. I finish 12 and I don't even feel a burn. I feel like I've really activated go more. I'm increasing weight. Exactly. So you you play with it a little bit more as opposed to having the set structure that you attend yeah, to so,
0: some days, you know, like you said, it's based on how you feel. You're going to go in there some days and feel great. And you might want to increase weight, increase reps, or there's going to be some days you feel like crap and, you might not hit that at all. Well, and
1: another thing too is also usually what I found when I was strength training is
0: th- th- it was the
1: same regimen every time I yeah. go in. I, I, this, then this, then this. Right. With size training, I'll go in, especially mainly because I'm I'm not the type of person that goes off of a written plan. Yeah. I'll go in and say I kind of know what I want to do, but you know our gym—we get it gets crazy there sometimes. Mm-hmm. So to think that I'm going to go this, then this, then this, and all of those machines or weights are going to be exactly lined up, ready for no, me and it,
0: free—it never happens. That no.
1: Way. So what I'll find is when, and you, I'm sure you've had this too, where you go in and what you thought you were going to start with first ends up having to be something later in the workout. So what yeah. you would have started with on the weight, because now you're a little bit more fatigued, you have to drop in weight. Right. So you, it really is kind of an on-the-fly adjustment it that is. you have to learn
0: in your body, and that's not a bad thing.
1: No, and I actually like it because I have to learn to listen to my body. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I, I get that way. I, I'm a pretty regiment person, especially, when, you know, if I'm going to do a, if I tell myself I'm going to do a body part this day, I go in there and do it. I already know what I'm going to do exercise wise. But like you said, you know, you get people in there that sometimes it gets, I, I don't know, maybe I just have bad luck, but I can, I swear I can go into the gym with four people in the gym and the whole gym. And someone will get on the next machine or the weights I want to use. I don't know why. It's you just know me. why it is? Now, I have
1: a theory for that.
0: Yeah, I'd like to hear this because I'm. I, it, it drives me nuts.
1: So you're in shape. People, when you, when you walk in, people look, they admire, right? Whether it's oogling or just sheer admiration. But when you eyeball your next thing. They see like, me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, that's what he's going to do. So if I want to look like him, I'm going to go do that. So it's not... You can think of it as like a a shout out or a little bit of, you know, a pat on got the back, it. if you will. I
0: got you now. So you know what I'm going to do now start I'm looking look somewhere at, else. Yeah. I'm going to look at something completely <laughs> different and see what happens.
1: Man, that pool looks really good yeah, right over there.
0: Yeah. And then when they go that way, I'm going to like, boom, gotcha. I'm going over here, man. Just, just tricked you. So, I, tell,
1: I tell you that that is probably between you and me. That's probably the most frustrating part because I've seen you and I know I get the same way when I look over and you start walking to it and someone jumps on yes. and you just get this what <laughs> Like bag gets thrown down <laughs> hands in the air.
0: Yeah, I've done that before and been caught doing that, and they're like, "Oh man, did you want to get on this?" I'm sorry. And I'm like, "Thank you." You know, and sometimes yeah, you, I'll be nice. I'm like, "No, go ahead, man. It's all right." It depends what kind of mood I'm in. But
1: oh man, I, I walk up to people and I'm like, "Hey, how many reps you, or how many more sets you got?" Oh, I got like one or two. Okay, I got dibs after you. I'll just throw my bag down and mark it.
0: <laughs> no, that's funny. So on the opposite end of this, we talked about you know having a spotter. You know, recommend having a spotter for the strength as you're doing heavier weight. The good thing about the size is you don't necessarily need it. You know, um, and you can do a lot of machine weights for the isolation like we're talking about. So, obviously, with machines, you don't need to have a spotter unless it's – I'm not saying you don't need to have one, but you can use one. I've, I've used them on machine weights before, too. Oh, yeah. You can always – Because you can still, like we talked about, force reps.
1: You yeah, know? you can always yeah. utilize. Yeah. It's just the requirement for the safety purposes uh, is far less likely that you're going to be putting yourself in a in a situation. Unless you're using bad form. But we're going off the assumption everyone's using proper form throughout all of these. So you're just more likely to fatigue when you're dealing with higher weights. And if you buckle underneath it, it just is what it is. Right. So I would
0: would actually recommend, you know, if you want to really isolate a muscle and focus on it, man, machines are probably one of the best things to do. mm -hmm. Um, I, I throw hammer strength. I love hammer strength. That's probably one of my favorite pieces of gear for every body part they have. I love those things. Um, as opposed
1: to the pin stacks, yeah. You like, you like throwing the weights on,
0: yeah. I, I, well, and just the way that they're set up, you know. Especially they have the, a good ergonomic trip, to yeah. It. Especially their back ones, their back ones are awesome. But I, I, if you can find a gym that has those, hit hit those suckers up because mm-hmm. you know that's good for isolation. Um, so the other thing, you know, I brought up the whole diet with you. Um, so for size, you're actually more concerned with your diet as far as counting your macros. You know, your calories, your fats, proteins, carbs. That's something that you don't. I mean, Saying you don't do with strength, but when you're trying to shape and form and look a certain way aesthetically or for bodybuilding, that's when you're really tracking your diet. You're following it to a T, and what you're eating.
1: And there is a difference, as you mentioned, the difference between bodybuilding and mass gaining. Exactly. Now, mass gaining can be a phase in bodybuilding, that's but it can I also do, sit yeah. isolated by itself. That's what you would call the bulk phase.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I do for my the shows I've done. I'll do a three to four month bulk phase before I start prep. Completely different diet and everything I'm doing.
1: See, and, and maybe it's just me. I really hate the bulking. Well, concept. I do too. I don't like I, how I I feel. would rather kind of take this slow, steady, yeah. but stay at a nice lean thing, you know, cause it, at some point I've always wanted to, and I don't even know if I have either a, the physique or the face or whatever to do some sort you know, type of, you know, modeling or whatever. I'm, Again, I don't know if I could
0: just find the ones where it just shows
1: the body. Yeah, maybe I could. <laughs> There's <laughs> the underwear model, you yeah. never see their faces. <laughs> so, um, at least I'd be comfortable with it. It would yeah, be right. right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the way I've always thought of it is, you know, I want to be, well, I think I told you, I, my goal is to always look six to eight weeks out from show ready always just in case either AI decided I wanted to go on stage or if, you know, I wanted to go on vacation, right you know, I always kind of stayed in there because I have gone, I have backslid multiple times and that whole getting back from Mm twenties into the single digits or even mid teens. And it's just not a fun process to get that body fat percentage back down. It's a lot easier for me to just maintain where it's at, take some slow creeps up in yeah. muscle gain, but at the same time, I'm I'm maintaining that yeah. leanness so I can actually see my progress as it's happening, as opposed to wondering where it fell. Which is at good. Which is
0: good there. mentally. Yeah, my last show that I prepped for, I did a bulking phase. I got up to 196. That's the heaviest I've ever been, and I could I could feel it, like I could tell, it, and I didn't like it. You know, I felt heavy. I felt like I was just that guy when I. Bend over, I couldn't see my shoes. You know, it, that wasn't the case, but, but that's just how I felt. Because it's just
1: not how you're used to being. No,
0: I've and I've never been heavier than 185 through anything. So when I got up to 196, I'm like, holy crap! What's your normal walk around weight? About 175 to 179. Wow. Usually, I think. Well, I went to the doctor the other day. It was like 177. So I, I fluctuate in that window right there. So that was a big jump for me. Um, so finally, last but not least, you know, for this we talked about in strength, you want to have some gear like belts, wraps, straps. For the size training, you don't necessarily have to have that. I, I see a lot of people that well don't that don't use them. But I know for me, it's just a mental thing now because I've used them for so long. Even if I'm doing lighter weight, I still have them on. You know, it's just. You I guess it's a habit. I
1: I stopped using the wrist straps like not the strap sorry the wrist.
0: Um, you just wrap them around your wrist. Yeah, right? for, for basically for wrist bench su- and shoulder support, wrist
1: yeah. support. Yeah, I have those. I stopped using those. Um, I had a, a weight belt. Uh, I don't know where it's at. I lost it, uh, but I don't use it enough mainly because I would rather do my squats and my body have to control it. Itself, yeah, core well, and everything. Good.
0: That means well. That just means you're not going too heavy because I mean, once you get heavier, I think that's when it really you. Need yeah, to use
1: anytime I break over 300 pounds on my squat, I throw it on. Oh,
0: absolutely. But if
1: I'm if I'm underneath there, I would like I like to train my body to do its own yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, if I was going to start pushing that back out, I, I would you know. And if I start breaking 350 and 400, which I'd love to because I've never done it. Um, but if I start breaking those, I'd start getting some knee straps. Yeah, I use the wrist idea. straps for it, for two two main purposes. One, as I fatigue through my back days mm-hmm. I'll grab them because I know that my muscles not fatigued it's usually my forearm that is and the other one is I sweat you've seen me yeah I walk into the gym and I'm already drenched it's, it's this Texas heat it's me I, I can't stand yeah, sweating same way. so it, it doesn't take me long to sweat and so if I feel like I'm losing my grip especially on a very smooth bar surface yeah. absolutely I'll, I'll grab those in a heartbeat so well, folks, I hope that uh, this has been massively beneficial. A couple takeaways you just wanna give you. Again, strength, you're gonna be going higher weight, lower reps, usually more sets, uh, and higher rest periods. Size, if as far as your training, you're gonna lower your weight down. You're going to increase your rep count. You're going to slow down the pace in each rep, you shorten the amount of sets you do per movement, and you're going to shorten your rest periods. Those two comparisons, if you're wondering, well, you know, have, have I been training for strength? Have I been training for size? Am I doing it right? Those are going to be the key components right there of how you should approach your workouts and how you should structure those.
0: Right, And they're going to, they, they tie in with each other. You know, they're, they're very similar. You know, if you're gonna, if you're building muscle, I mean, of course, your strength's gonna gain. If you're yes, and if your strength's gaining, you're gonna be building muscle. They're they they're they are connected, but yeah, they're,
1: they're like, not isolated, right? But one one will move faster in one direction, one will move right. faster. Exactly. Now, if you're looking to do both at the same time, so I know usually when you and I train, it's you know we do two days of chest, two days of back, you know arms, whatever. Yeah. Try and hit them, you know each major muscle group twice a week, especially legs when your when your ACL is good, right. And most of the time we're hitting both of those with a size approach, Mm -hmm. a a program that I ran into and actually started implementing and found some good results with until I started working with Jay and needed to adjust to training more to activation and stuff for other reasons was something called hypertrophic adaptive training. And what it is, is you take, if you're doing legs twice a week and you're doing, let's say chest and triceps and shoulders twice a week, and you're doing back and biceps twice a week. So you're hitting each of those twice a week. One time of each, you're doing strength training, mm-hmm. and the other time you're doing size training. So it kind of gives you the best of both worlds moving in that that same direction so you get a little bit of both and you're not leaning too far one way yeah. or too far the other.
0: That's rough. It's hard, too. <laughs> it actually <laughs> I've is. done that with Jay. It
1: changes things around yes. when you are when you switch the mindset in and you switch it up to the body. But it's, yep. it, it is good. You get a lot of forward momentum Um, and and that's, you know, if you're having trouble, if you feel like you've plateaued with size, start training for strength because the moment you can start doing more weight, you can start putting on more size. So what might be the barrier is you just might've plateaued on your strength. So switch that over. If you're training for strength and you've plateaued. Maybe taking a step back will help, Mm -hmm. but it's not to say that, you know, switching over to size training for a long period of time is actually going to propel you forward because it could actually, you know, bring you back a little bit. So just kind of keep those two, two things in mind. Cool. So, well, folks, we really appreciate y'all checking in with us again. We've really enjoyed y'all coming into the fitness lounge and to all of our listeners keep crushing it. it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Listen, we love connecting with our listeners. So if you have any questions or topic requests, please email them to podcast at the And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at fitness lounge podcast for more updates, tips and content. You can also follow us on Twitter at at fitness lounge three. We are excited to take this wonderful journey with you and we'll see you next time here at the fitness lounge.